but uh, I, don't, I don't see this team making the playoffs just yet. The East has gotten so much better as well. Let's go to the next pick. My Celtics had the number 14th pick. Now, if you told us at the beginning of the season the Sacramento pick was going to be 14, we'd be like, what the hell? We thought this was going to be, you know, at least in like the top seven probably. But the Kings had a really nice season, nearly made the playoffs in the competitive Western Conference, and the pick ended up being 14. Wondering if we were going to trade it or not. Didn't end up doing it. So we ended up selecting Romeo Langford at 14. He's a freshman out of Indiana. Greeny, from what I recall, you were telling me that he's a bench player for the most part. A, a shooter off the bench. It sounds like he played hurt this year. Um, what, what NBA player would you compare him to? I know we hear this a lot, but uh, humor me here. <laughs> You're going to have to give me a minute to think about that one. Yeah. Because that's tough sometimes. Yeah. Right. Or what What kind of uh, role? Maybe like a, a six-man? Well, let's just talk about him in comparison to Tyler Hero for okay. a second. Because I know you guys were interested in him and he went to pick before. Mm -hmm. I almost like Romeo Langford better for long-term NBA potential at this pick. This guy was a top five recruit coming into this season in the class of 2018. Hero was more 30-ish or so. Hero got the extra exposure of playing in Kentucky. Langford, like you mentioned, was hurt and had a serious issue with his shooting hand. Took his three-point percentage down a little bit. But he was looked at as the savior of the Indiana program this year because he's an Indiana kid, ended up staying home, and that was a really big deal, and then he got hurt. And it's really tough to ask a freshman to carry the load for a whole crazed fan base and program like Indiana. So it didn't work out like they had thought. But this is a guy that's going to be able to be a combo guard. I don't know that you guys are going to need him to do that, but he can play with the ball in his hands or the ball off, or he can play off the ball, excuse me. Whereas Tyler Hero is pretty much strictly a shooting guard. Langford is also known as a big-time scorer. I think there were concerns about attitude at one point during his college season this year. I think he had some comments to the press. But once again, like much of these young guys, that happens. And that's something you can get over pretty quickly. So you've got a guy that needs to work on his defense also, just like Tyler Hero, but he's probably got more scoring potential right off the bat in the NBA. And, yeah, definitely a rotation guy for you early on. Could certainly develop into a starter. And with the right people around him, he could, you know, become a 10-year NBA guy. I, I don't think this is too much of a stretch given where he was rated coming out of high school. And I think his injuries really hurt his stock this season. But then clearly he rose up towards the end of the draft process, and that's a good sign. So everything he's done the last couple months has really been a plus for him, clearly. Yeah, I like the idea of him coming off the bench. Um, that's great that he can have the ball either in his hands or he can play off ball. 
but I could see Smart as a six-man and then Langford playing next to him or vice versa, whatever. They can both bring the ball up. That would be pretty exciting. Yeah, you've got the defensive shooting guard and then the offensive shooting guard. Too. Right. Um, and then we had another pick at 22. We had Grant Williams. Um, I've heard a lot of positive stuff about this guy. Um, he's uh, he's very... He's he's a tough one. He's he's a big dude. He's not going to get pushed around, right? He's a power forward. This is a guy that I got to see play a bunch, and obviously playing in Tennessee was not a favorite of mine. But I do admire his game. This guy is kind of a throwback, I would say. Hmm. Would have made it in the 90s NBA, I'll tell you that much. We'll put it that way. Nice. Yeah, real tough guy, like. That's something I failed to mention about P.J. Washington. But the battles that these two had over the past two seasons, these guys did not get pushed around by anybody, and it was fun to watch them play against each other. I feel like Grant Williams could have easily gone where P.J. Washington went, so you got some value at that pick. Grant Williams was far more productive than P.J. Washington in the same conference playing the same competition every night, too. And he did it for three years, whereas Washington did it for two. And my first introductory to Grant Williams was the 2016-2017 season, where at 6'7", he was asked to guard Bam Adebayo, who's 6'10", 250, and he held his own. This guy is physically tough, mentally tough. He's been through the wars in the SEC, the two-time SEC Player of the Year. First time that has happened since the mid-90s. And it was actually a guy who was kind of similarly built. Cor Corliss Williamson, I know you said you didn't know him, but from Arkansas. His nickname was actually Big Nasty, and that kind of fits for Grant Williams. So you got a guy that has also expanded his game to the perimeter. At 6'7", he was mostly a post player his first two years. I don't know the percentages off the top of my head this year, but... I'm sure he shot over 50%. I don't know what he shot from three, but he can knock him down from college three now. Could easily expand that out to NBA three. We saw a footnote during the coverage that he had a game this year where he shot 23 for 23 from the free throw line. Yeah, I can believe that. Wow. In a close game. I believe it might have gone to overtime, if I'm not mistaken, against Vanderbilt. But that's a hell of a number right there. And this guy was a double-double machine at Tennessee. So he was a four-man, and he'll probably continue to play the four in the NBA. And the other thing that I said to you right when he got picked was, this is your Marcus Morris right here. This is a guy that's going to be able to step in and fill that role. Marcus Morris was a four-man in Kansas who didn't really have an outside game until he got to the NBA. So as far as that goes, Grant Williams is probably a little bit ahead of where Marcus Morris was after Marcus Morris's sophomore or junior season. And, yeah, the accolades that he had at Tennessee are off the charts. So this is a winner. This is somebody that was not a big-time recruit and has developed himself into a first-round pick. And the trajectory continues to go upward. That's great. Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum are going to be the three middle guys in the starting lineup. Maybe put Tatum at the four, Hayward at the three, Brown at the two. And then whatever center. So yeah, I, I think Williams would be great as the backup four. He's coming off the bench. Yeah, and you're going to get a four man that's more 
interior oriented as opposed to your starting lineup so you can kind of switch things up a little bit when you go to the bench dump it down to the post and this guy can get you buckets too that's great yeah we really have such a young bench right now uh we still have yabuselli on the roster i don't think he's really gotten his chance um you know to to show what he has he's shown flashes of some good stuff um but maybe this year he'll get some more minutes robert williams as well could be a backup center. Semi Ojale has played well during stretches, uh, especially his rookie year. I think he actually played a little better his rookie year than last year. There were way too many people that we had to play last year. Sometimes he'll guard Giannis, actually. He can kind of hold his own against him. And then uh, we also have uh, Brad Wanamaker. But we also had another draft pick uh, at 33 that I guess we'll talk about. Uh, it was Carson Edwards. Um, if I had to guess, is this guy kind of like break in case of an emergency if you need offense? Kind of use him for that? Yes, I would say so. And if you recall, my comments on this guy before the Celtics picked him was, this is... Nate Robinson. Nice. Like, this is instant offense off the bench. But you know he's probably taking half the shots when he's on the court. Or that's how it was in college, at least. And he was, you know, a six foot, six one, two guard in college. And at that size, you're thinking that they're probably picking him to eventually develop him into a point guard. Mm. He wears number three. He's not Allen Iverson, so he's probably not going to stay at the two. So if you can develop this guy into a point guard, you got a big-time scoring point guard. But that's what I see as far as his future. Because, like, Nate Robinson was technically a point guard, no? Yeah, but, he was. Yeah. But was he really a point guard, though? He was more of a scorer than anything else. Right. Yeah. So this guy is probably a better shooter than Nate Robinson. Maybe not as athletic. Well, definitely not as athletic. But Ooh. this guy has deep range. Like, yeah. he's going to be able to knock down... 30 or 35 footers if he has to. Hopefully he doesn't have to. You don't want your offense to be based around something like that. But no, definitely. this guy is going to give you points off the bench if he's on your roster. And then real quick, I guess we'll talk about this guy as well. We picked him at uh, 51, Tremont Waters. Um, I'd imagine he's probably going to be a uh, two-way contract guy. Usually people we pick this high end up doing that. Do you think this guy really has a chance in the league, though? I do. I, yeah? I think it's interesting that you guys picked Edwards and Waters because I think their trajectory in the NBA is kind of similar. Waters is a bit smaller, but projections that I saw had them more closely rated than 33 and 51. Like maybe Edwards a little bit lower and Waters a little bit higher, and they can both really score thing that stands out to me about Waters is his defense. This guy is a bulldog on the ball. Oh, three, really? three steals per game. Uh, all SEC defensive team. Easily could have won SEC defensive player of the year with those kind of numbers in a 40-minute game. But this guy can really score, and he's got a lot of moxie. Like, this guy is not afraid to take the big shot. Neither is Edwards. And that's why, to me, they're very similar players. They play mostly with the ball in their hands. Waters is actually a point guard, though. 
So I could see those two really competing for a roster spot, and then you know maybe with an R.J. Hunter type, maybe whoever doesn't make it out of that that duo there's you know down on your G League team, but Tremont Waters is from Connecticut. Obviously, they knew about him. Nice. Where's number three? Loves Allen Iverson. <laughs> loves to score the basketball, and he's. He's actually a natural point guard, so this might be a backup point guard for you guys. That's great. That can really score. Nice. Well, you know, a lot of young guys now uh, going to be competing for roster spots. Looks like we're retooling. So, you know, a little bit of a bummer that, um, you know, it looked like we were contenders for a while, but, uh, you know, just retool, try and get good again. That's all we can really do. Oh, and another guy who we forgot to even bring up, he was undrafted, but the Celtics um, are bringing him aboard for Summer League. Taco Fall? You think this guy's going to be an NBA player, hopefully? 7-7, seven, seven, huh? I, I do, and I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. I know he also tested the draft waters after last season and smartly pulled his name. This season, it looked like for sure he was going to be a draft pick. And I actually showed you a couple clips of him at UCF versus mm. Duke in his final game. You didn't get to see the good part, but he had 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 blocks in his game against Duke, You know, which was basically the number one team in the country most of the season. So sometimes you get these guys that are, let's say, 7-1 or 7-2 plus, and they can't really play, or they're not very nimble. This guy can actually play, and he's kind of coordinated. Not not kind of coordinated. He is actually coordinated. And this guy blocks shots. Obviously, you can throw him a nice little lob pass, and he'll dunk it right over the top of anybody. Nobody's going to block this guy's shot. And he's just going to clog up the lane. If you put this guy in, nobody's driving the lane on him. And... You know, worst case scenario, you think you put him in, he could eat up some fouls for you at very least, and nobody's going to score anywhere close to the basket. Put him on the foul line, make guys make foul shots. It's a useful guy to have, I would say, deep on the bench. We'll see what he can develop into, but yeah, he's going to be an NBA player. I hope you guys hold on to him because. This is no, I don't know, George Mirasan, who was kind of a flash in the pan back in the 90s with the Washington Bullets. He's going to be better than George Mirasan was, I think. Nice. Yeah, maybe he'll be like a Bobin type where he could, you know, play like 15, 20 minutes or so. And, I feel like that's the high end for the guys that are seven one seven two plus because that guy's pretty fluid too, moving around. Yeah, and, he's seven three. And yeah, he's going to be able to bang with somebody like that. And then some. And hopefully he can develop a jump shot. But this guy is actually a legitimate NBA talent based on what I've seen in college. That's awesome. Man, we have so many young guys now. Did not think we were going to get this young again so soon. But let's move on to the number 15th pick. Uh, the Pistons selected this guy. Um, Siku? Do my boy. Are you familiar with this guy? Gary? What do you got on him, Sam? 
He's from France. <laughs> I'm going to be very little help on this one. He was the Pro B best young player in 2018. What's the Pro B? The Pro B-er, Pro B is the second tier level men's professional basketball league in France. All right, so he's a young foreigner guy, small forward. The Pistons actually need a small forward. They are in kind of an odd spot. Let's look at what their uh, projected roster is next year. They just traded Reggie Bullock this past season. Got a young guy from the Lakers. Zvi, S-V-I. I was going to say, I feel like maybe this pick is due to Stanley Johnson not working out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, similar position. they traded Stanley Johnson for Thunmaker. They, uh, I think they play Luke Kennard sometimes at the three, believe it or not. They just acquired Tony Snell from the Bucks. They traded John Luer over to Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a strange roster, very top-heavy. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Then uh, you got Reggie Jackson, but after that it really falls off. Potentially could make the playoffs. They're actually still paying Josh Smith, believe it or not. They're paying him $5 million this year. I think this is the last year that they're uh, paying him because they split up his contract after they waived him. Um, Pistons, kind of a weird team. I don't see the brightest future for them, but... I don't feel too bad because they won a championship last decade. Let's go to the next pick. It was uh, the Orlando Magic. They picked Chuma Okik at 16. Are you familiar with this guy from Auburn? I am. He's a guy that was kind of an under-the-radar recruit a couple of years ago. This was his sophomore season, and he showed a ton of growth in that sophomore season. He really... Developed his wing game. I think he was more of a four-man, you know, a post-four-man in his freshman season, and he kind of stepped out onto the wing, kind of similar to P.J. Washington. And like I mentioned to you with what Grant Williams did over the course of a couple years. But he's younger than Grant Williams, same class as P.J. P.J. was much higher rated coming out of high school and then got picked higher in this draft. But I would say, and I said this to you the other night, that Okay, we talked about the Cam Johnson pick at number 11 being a reach. I think this is really a reach, too. Mm -hmm. And partially because he had a serious knee injury in late March in the NCAA tournament. And he's probably going to miss a good chunk of this season, if not the whole season. So this is clearly planning for the future for the Orlando Magic. And not the future being this year. This is for 2020 and beyond. So they saw something that they really liked in him late in his sophomore season, I would say, because the rest of his career didn't warrant probably even being a first-round pick. Wow. So this is another really late riser, somebody that tested well, probably was very good in interviews because he wasn't doing too much working out after tearing his knee up pretty mm -hmm. severely in late March. You hope for the best for the guy, but you also wonder what Orlando is going to do because this is somebody that probably projects to be kind of similar to Aaron Gordon, I would say. Yeah, I just, uh, this is another roster I have a headache looking at. They still have Aaron Gordon, 
They have Jonathan Isaac, who they picked really high a couple years ago. They have Mo Bamba, who's a center, but they also have uh, Vucevic, who's a free agent, but you'd imagine they're probably going to try and bring him back since he helped them make the playoffs this year. Seems like way too many big men. Can't forget that they have Markel Fultz. <laughs> Who knows what he'll be. I, I'd imagine they're going to try playing him at the point this year. They still have DJ Augustine. Maybe use Fultz as a six-man if he plays really well. Put him in the starting lineup. Still have Evan Fournier as well, a shooting guard. Wes Owandu played decent for them this past year. Maybe they'll keep him. Who knows? They got Terrence Ross. Michael Carter-Williams played decent for them coming off the bench. Maybe they'll sign him for cheap. Who knows? Um, but yeah, just, just another roster that has a lot of shuffling that needs to be done. So you're, I'm really surprised that they picked another forward, especially one they really... It really seems like they reached for because you think they would just, you know, I, I'd understand if they picked the best guy available, but it sounds like they uh, did not do that in this case. They, they just wanted this guy for some reason. So eh, maybe he'll prove us wrong in a couple years. We'll see. Um, next pick was. Uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander's cousin. We talked about him already. And uh, at 18 for the Indiana Pacers, uh, Goga Bidadze. Oh, God. I'm going to get slammed for these pronunciations. I haven't heard these guys' names that often. Be nice. Um... He's from Georgia, not the U.S. Georgia, uh, the other one, Serbia. I mean, I, I don't really know much about this guy. You know he was present at the draft, so he's likely not drafted stash. You can give me that, right? Yeah, very true. Yeah, Green Eggs and Sam will give you a top insight. <laughs> uh, and then it looks like we have... Uh, Another foreigner here at 19. The Spurs picked Luka Somatic. I don't know much on this guy either. I know the Spurs typically do draft and stash guys, so maybe that's going to be the case here again. This guy I've been hearing um, a lot about. This was originally the Celtics pick. We traded it to the Sixers. I heard he was a really good defensive player, and people thought he would uh, be someone who would fit the Celtics' uh, defensive grit culture that we have. Uh, Matisse Thibel? What do you know about this guy, Greeny? I didn't get a ton of opportunities to see Washington play over the past couple of years, obviously because they're on the West Coast, and their games are typically starting 10 p.m. Eastern time or later. But obviously his reputation, if you look at the numbers, is that he's a defense, defensive savant, is what I've heard people call him. And this is somebody that averaged over three steals per game and over two blocks per game, which almost never happens, whether you're a big guy or not. Um, 
This guy is apparently a 6'5 wing who scored nine points per game and really wasn't on the NBA radar until this year. I believe he played all four years at Washington, and we heard nothing about him potentially leaving early after any of his three previous seasons. Washington's had some talent over the past few years, too, and he's fit right in there. They were an NCAA tournament team this year, and he was a piece on the wing that held them down defensively. I know their defensive philosophy is similar to Syracuse. They play a matchup zone, which is very unique in the NCAA, so it'll be interesting to see how he transitions to basically solely man-to-man defense. I'm sure he'll still be great, but I don't know that you could project him to have three steals and two blocks per game in the NBA. But this is somebody that could be a bench piece for the Sixers, and we'll see what happens for his future. Yeah, I'd imagine he's going to get some minutes on the Sixers just because they they don't really have a bench. It sounds like this guy can play NBA defense, so... That's a good start. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably get some minutes off the bench, see what he has. Maybe a 3 and D type of guy eventually. Yeah, that's a good ceiling. We'll go to the next pick at 21. Um... We talked about Memphis already. We forgot to talk about this guy. Uh, Brandon Clark, Junior at Gonzaga. I really like this pick. Yeah. And we've had a couple guys go a little bit higher than maybe I would have thought personally. This is somebody that went a little bit lower than I would have thought Mm. based on his production. And, okay, 6'8", and there's questions as to whether he can ever step out and make you know, a 15-foot jump shot. But this guy's athleticism is off the charts. They're thinking small small ball five or probably typically a power forward. And somebody who transferred from San Jose State hadn't played big-time college basketball until this season, but he burst onto the scene at Gonzaga this year. And I would say the NCAA tournament was really his best performance he had a couple double-doubles and really led Gonzaga's offense and defense, blocking shots, rebounding, dunking on people all the time. Him and Rui Hachimura were a fun duo to watch all season long, but particularly in the NCAA tournament. So maybe other drafts, this is not a first-round pick, but this is somebody that I felt like could have went higher in this draft. He was another late riser, another guy that two months ago was looked at in the 30s or 40s and just made himself some money during March Madness. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, Memphis is rebuilding, so you know, it's good they got another young player. So this guy could probably even start for them. Who knows? But, um, at 22 was Grant Williams, Celtics. We talked about that already. 23, Darius Basley for Oklahoma City. Another uh, forward, Uh, is this guy known more for defense, offense? What kind of player is he? This is a tough one to evaluate because this was a guy that was supposed to be a freshman at Syracuse this season. Opted to look at the D League, or the G League, excuse me, as an option for this season. And then sign an agent who told him not to do that. Don't even play in the G League this year. Just wait until next year's NBA draft. We'll get you a shoe contract. 
and this guy got a million dollar shoe contract with New Balance this year. What? So he made himself a million bucks and did not step onto a basketball court this year, and also is now a first round pick. So one hell of a year this guy had, totally avoided any NCAA scandals, not saying that he would be involved in that, but maybe this is the future for the guys that don't really want to play in college basketball. Find a way around it. Go to a place overseas or find an agent that can hook you up with a million bucks for a shoe contract for a year. It, it says he signed with Rich Paul, so he's with Clutch then. I guess so. I, I didn't realize that. But wow. he made himself a million bucks without stepping on a basketball court this year. He, so he didn't play for a whole year, just, just trained? Apparently Rich Paul is the one who told him, don't even play for the G League. And he's a first-round pick. So I can't give you anything on him other than that he's a very savvy businessman at this point. So that looks like a very smart move. He was not projected to be a first-round pick six months ago or probably even three months ago so clearly he tested well leading up to the draft probably interviewed well and he's got some help from clutch sports at this point that blows my mind i'm surprised you hadn't heard that no no i wasn't familiar with that holy cow um yeah i i'm looking Looking at the Wikipedia page here, you know, looking at the the most reliable website. Um, They're pretty good, though. Yeah, they are. Most of this stuff is legit. Um, and it says this guy could be the face of the end of the one and done era. So, wow, that that blows my mind. I didn't play a single year because usually they'll go overseas for a year. Some even do the G League, but you wonder if other people are going to do this until uh, players are allowed to be drafted out of high school. It sounds like the earliest that might may happen. I'm here in 2022 is likely going to be the beginning for that. Um, so yeah, next couple years we may see situations like this. And of course, Clutch Sports is on the cutting edge of this, apparently. I didn't know that part, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure they hyped him up, whatever. They prepared him for interviews. Probably had videos of him training. I'm, I'm sure that was a big part of what got him drafted in the first round. That That's amazing. I do know that this was a top 15 recruit leading into the 2018-2019 season, and he turned down the opportunity to play for a Hall of Fame coach in Jim Beheim at Syracuse. So he must have known exactly what he wanted to do if he was turning down that opportunity because Jim Beheim has had 10-plus first-round draft picks in his career and has developed a lot of really good players. But what Darius Baisley did worked for him, clearly. Wow. That, I had no idea about any of this. That's crazy. Okay, we'll move on to the next pick. At number 24, we had Ty Jerome. I think we briefly talked about him in the Suns, so we'll go on to the next one. Number 25, uh Trailblazers got a good pick from what I hear. Um, Nasir Little, uh, small forward. The Blazers actually kind of need a small forward. Um, that, that, this guy was supposed to be drafted higher. Didn't you hear that? 
So if I talk about guys that I thought went a little bit higher than they should, I got to talk about the guys that I thought went a little bit lower than they should as well, and somebody that maybe could have been flip-flopped. Like if you looked at a lot of mock drafts and based on what I saw personally, I would have saw maybe Nas Little and his teammate Cam Johnson being flipped. Maybe Nas Little going number 11 and Cam Johnson going number 25. Or especially Nas Little going before Chuma Okiki. These guys are wings. They're not going to play the five spot. Maybe they could be stretch fours eventually. But... Nas Little's athleticism is off the charts. He was part of this 2018 recruiting class with Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, etc., etc. He was the MVP of the McDonald's High School All-American game. He was the MVP of the Jordan Brand Classic, both of which Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett participated in. He went to their rival school at North Carolina and was not apparently in good graces with Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams, who had veteran players like Cam Johnson in front of him on the wing. So he sat behind a veteran guy, and it just cost him a lot of money on draft night. And all I kept saying to you is, man, this guy's thinking, I could have went anywhere in the country. Why did I go to North Carolina? Hate to bash that situation, but one and done is not Roy Williams' thing. So if you're going there, you got to plan to be there a couple years in most cases. It worked out for Kobe White in this draft, and it does work out here and there for them. But this is not Kentucky. North Carolina is not. And it's not Duke. Like, Coach K at Duke has totally adjusted his thinking on one and done. So he's ready to play the guys right away. But Roy Williams has not adopted that philosophy. So I feel like that might have hurt him. Had he gone elsewhere, this guy would have been a much higher draft pick. Once again, not bashing North Carolina. This is just what I feel about Roy Williams' philosophy. And it works for him, but it didn't work for Nas Little in this case. Wow. He's I, super talented. Yeah, I see him getting some minutes on this team. That spot looks right for somebody like Nas Little. I, I think he's going to play right out the gate, which is huge. This, is, this was a really good team. They made the... the Western Conference Finals. And I would say a terrific pick. You're going to look back on this in a few years and say this was a tremendous pick at 25. Wow. Good job, Portland. All right, number 26, we had uh, Dylan Windler with the Cavs. We didn't mention him when we were talking about the Cavs. It's so damn confusing. He's, this was originally Houston's pick, and it got traded to Cleveland. Uh, he was uh, a senior from Belmont. Uh, anything on this guy? He's a forward? Once again, I don't have too much on the mid-major guys. But I do know a little bit about Belmont and their philosophy. And what I've heard about this guy falls in line with that philosophy. They like to chuck the three. Mm -hmm. And this guy is a bigger wing that's going to be able to step out and shoot the ball. I don't know that he's going to be able to play right away, but that fits right in with John Beeline's philosophy. This is Cleveland, you said? Oh, so he... Yeah. He likes his four-man, three or four-man, to be able to step out and shoot it. I know that's most NBA teams at this point, but this is a guy that's going to get a shot right away. I'm thinking, like, maybe like Ryan Anderson. I don't know this player in particular. 
And uh, but I know John Beeline would like to have like a Ryan Anderson type four man. Maybe not Ryan Anderson now, but Ryan Anderson like five years ago. Mm-hmm. A bigger guy that can step out and shoot it, and that's what he's got in this guy. Six eight, six nine, correct. Let me see what they list him. Yeah, six eight. So this is going to be somebody that's going to have a shot with that shoddy roster they got right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, he better get some minutes. I mean, Kevin Love is still there, but Kevin Love's hurt a lot. And they really should trade Kevin Love. The other thing I heard about this guy is that he was going to be the first Belmont player ever to be a first-round pick. So that's a big deal for that school, too. They've been good for a number of years at their level, made the tournament a couple times. This was the cream of the crop for them. Wow. Okay, we'll go on to the next pick. Uh, it's another one I'm having trouble pronouncing. He went to Florida State. Do you know how to pronounce it, Green? Fiondu Cavangeli. Okay, all right. Uh, he's going to the Clippers. This was another pick that was traded like 50 different times. Um, center. Uh, what, what do you expect from this guy, Green? Anything, really? This is an interesting pick. And if there were a sixth man award in college basketball, this guy would have got the sixth man award. But saying that, this guy didn't even start on his college team and he's a first round pick. So it's kind of interesting, kind of interesting dichotomy right there. But this is Dikembe Mutombo's nephew. Oh, okay. So he's got some athleticism. He's not as big as Dikembe. But he's not really truly a center either. He's going to play the four in the NBA. And I kind of think of him as almost like a Montrez Harrell, honestly. Interesting. All right. He can actually probably shoot it a little bit like Montrez Harrell. All right. So you don't get comparisons for everybody, but sometimes you see a guy and you think, all right, this is what he's going to be. So I, I believe he's 6'10". And, okay, maybe you can get away with that at the 5 in the NBA, but I think he's going to play more 4 because he can stretch out the floor a little bit. He can shoot the college three. We'll see how that translates to the NBA. But he's a shot blocker, like Dikembe was. Like I said, not as big, but he's a great athlete. But it makes you wonder, why didn't he start on his college team? Yeah, that is strange. Florida State, I know their philosophy too. And they play a lot of guys. 10 or 12 guys play 10-plus minutes a night. He probably played 20 to 25, but you know, why wouldn't you start him? If he's that talented, so raises some red flags. Hmm. But overall, I think that's a pretty decent pick at that point. Yeah. He played four years, I believe, and really progressed throughout his career at Florida State. It looks like he actually only played two. Really? Yeah, 2017 to 2019. My mistake on that. <laughs> You'll have to edit that. It's okay. The rare greening mistake. I thought it, I thought he was a senior at first too. Looking at the abbreviation, it says SO here instead of SR. Uh, Maybe that's why he didn't start then. <laughs> Still though, that's odd for somebody to be picked in the first round and not be a starter on their own team. That is rare. Usually, that's only a one and done case yeah. where they think the guy has big potential. Um, so we'll move on to number twenty-eight, a pick that actually wasn't traded. Oh my God. Golden State Warriors had this one. They picked Jordan Poole. Uh, 
Golden State, they've always had late first rounders. Sometimes they've had some early second rounders. They're usually pretty good with finding some talent here. In the past, they found Kavon Looney. Jordan Bell, he's, he's ate up some minutes for them. Do you think Jordan Poole can eat up some minutes on the bench for them? Maybe. This is another one that's maybe a product of this draft. Given their situation, you can't rule that out by any means. I don't know if this is typically a first-round pick in most drafts, though. This is a guy that was probably on the fence about leaving and decided to leave his name in, giving the coaching change at Michigan. I'm not 100% sure why he wouldn't go, go back for his junior year and play for Jawan Howard. But, you know, your coach leaves. You have some good pre-draft workouts. It's probably time to go at that point then. And he took the chance, and he's late first-round pick. He's got guaranteed money. Can't argue with that. It's a little slight of build. Obviously, he's got to put on some weight. He's a shooter, but I don't know what other skill translates to the NBA for this guy, and that makes it hard to get onto the floor. It's not a great defender. The team was known as a great defensive team, but he may have actually been the weak link in that team defense. So, He's had good training with John Beeline. We'll see how it goes, but I really felt like this guy could have used another year at Michigan. He had a big shot in the NCAA tournament in his freshman year, and that's what he's known for. This was the third or fourth best player on the Michigan team this year. Wow. Yep. And he was in the first round. That's crazy. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Your boy. Talked about the Spurs briefly. Probably should have brought him up then. But uh, finally, we have a, another Kentucky player that's going to play on the Spurs. We have Keldon Johnson. You excited for this, Greeny? I am. I think this is a great situation to be in. I know he slid a bunch further than he would have liked to have slid. But sometimes that's not going to make as much a difference as the situation that you end up in in your early years in the NBA. Because that can make or break your career. You could be out of the league in two or three years or, or even less if you end up in the wrong situation. So once again, we talked about maybe Cameron Johnson, maybe Chuma Okiki going too high, Nas Little slipping a little bit. This is another one that should have went much higher than where he went. And again, not arguing with the fit because I think Greg Popovich will love this guy, but his calling card is his motor. This guy is a bulldog on the wing. He is nonstop energy. And sometimes you hear that about guys, and it's like, okay, he's not that skilled. But that's not the case with Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson is a skilled player that can step out and shoot the ball shot 39 or 40% from three this year. He played the three for us. He's listed at 6'6", like 210, 215. So it's typical two size. But the physicality that he plays with on the wing will allow him to play a lot of three in the NBA. This is a top-flight rebounder as a three in college basketball, and he would be one of the best rebounders at the two-spot in the NBA if that's where they play him. So he'll be able to slide up to the three, defend that position. I don't want to say no problem because obviously he's stepping up a lot in competition, but he'll be able to compete, and his energy is just nonstop. So that's a perfect guy off the bench early in his career that is going to develop into a starter. Like, I believe Nas Little will be a starter probably earlier rather than later in his career. 
Keldon Johnson will be a starter probably by year three, I would think, whether it's with San Antonio or not. This is a guy that has a lot of value to NBA teams. And, uh, yeah, when you look at him compared to Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson's a five-year guy who's, you know, 22, 23 years old. I would have went probably with Keldon Johnson from Kentucky, the 19-year-old one-year player, because the upside is probably much higher. Yeah. I think he could easily play right off the bench. They don't really have a backup small forward. I think he's going to be getting minutes right out the gate. And Popovich is so good at developing his rookies, especially later in uh, the draft. DeJounte Murray has been great for them. Um, and then even guys that don't get drafted, like Bryn Forbes, Derek White. I forget if Derek White was drafted or not. I'm not positive. But he's going to be getting some minutes in San Antonio. And that number 30, we had uh, Kevin Porter Jr. He went to Cleveland. We talked about him briefly. So that's it for the first round.